I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No one. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome to the latest Gators online show. Zach Albaverde and Nick Del Torre here. And uh, we are coming to you during spring break here at the University of Florida. There's uh, no football practices happening this week, but there's still a lot of news going on with the program, which we'll get into on today's show. Obviously, March Madness going on, NIT action, and the Gators are getting ready to start SEC play in baseball. But uh, I think Obviously, to start the show, Nick, uh, Billy Napier has filled out his staff, although it's uh, not official yet. But if uh, you're reading Gators online, you knew yesterday, as it was first reported by you, Nick, that uh, Billy G is coming back. So nice that he did it thrice. Third time, <laughs> Billy Billy G. Billy Gonzalez is back in Gainesville. Obviously, the first one, very successful. Two national yep. championships. Um a solid relationship with Percy Harvin. Uh, and then he uh, came back with Dan Mullen and his staff, less successful than the first one. Um, Billy left, uh, was not retained by Billy Napier the first time around, went to FAU. Uh, Willie Taggart did not make it very long. He was at Marshall. When you interview for a job back at Florida and your options are stay in West Virginia at Marshall, sorry, uh, great program. We are Marshall. Um <laughs> or come back to Florida and get back in the SEC, you don't say no to that job offer from Billy Napier. So uh, I think the story was up pretty shortly after um, the verbal agreement to come back. And uh, it'll be interesting. I think the biggest knock on, on, on Billy Gonzalez, his second time was recruiting. And to me, and I'll see what you think about this, Zach, to me, NIL takes a lot of that off off of your table, off of your plate. And I think you're seeing a lot of coaches who are really good leaving college because, hey, I can't. Recruiting is not the same. I don't have the same kind of power. Um, You're seeing some kids on college rosters making more than their position coach Hmm. uh, with NIL. So uh, maybe you're not uh, listening the same way at practice in in some instances. So to me, Billy – Gonzalez, and it's going to be tough. I'm going to keep saying Billy Napier when I'm wanting to say Billy Gonzalez, but to me, <laughs> Billy Gonzalez is a masterful uh, X's and O's and developer of talent. Um, when you see what he was able to do and help with Kadarius Tony, Freddie Swain, Tyree Cleveland, Van Jefferson, what he was able to do to help develop those guys, the reaction piece that you put out yesterday um, to show what guys who have played for him feel about him. Um, I think it says a lot. So ultimately the head coach, Billy Napier has final say on the recruiting board. And I know I saw a lot of, a lot of guys on the message board, a lot of people on our message board saying the receiver room was bad last year because of him. I think Billy Napier has the last say, has the final say on who is on the board. Um, and, and I think NIL will have a lot to do with what kind of guys are coming to Florida. We also don't know how much, Billy's recruiting was uh, Billy uh, Gonzalez. That is was was impacted or influenced by Dan Mullen. I don't think uh, recruiting was a priority. There were seasons, Zach. There was football season, yeah. and then there was recruiting season. I don't know if they were the same length. 
Yeah, so the, I think the investment from the head from the top is going to be a little bit different that uh, mm-hmm. Billy Gonzalez is working with now, and also um, just truth be known from the way that I know how things worked under the previous you know staff. Uh, if Dan didn't like a receiver or Dan had a certain type that he wanted or or whatever the case may be, that's what uh, Gonzalez was going to go get or go pursue. So um, look. People can, um, you know, make make issues with the recruiting. I get it. Um, as we all know, for the folks that follow recruiting, wide receiver recruiting and what it is, is doesn't all fall on the position coach. You have sure. other coaches on staff that are end up being the primary recruiters for a certain receiver because they might be in their area or they have a relationship. Uh, and then here with this staff uh, and – they make this very clear. It is a team effort. They don't really do one assistant coach recruiting. And uh, in in terms of, uh, I, I think, who they choose to go after, you know, obviously Billy uh, Napier is going to have a say in that as a former receiver coach himself at Alabama. So, look, folks, I, I would not be worried whatsoever about the wide receiver recruiting um, with Napier and even with Gonzalez. I, I think the proof is in the pudding. Um I was honestly, to, to to be quite frank, Nick, was a little bit surprised at some of the reaction to this news from Florida fans. Uh, put some respect on Gonzalez's name. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Florida fans, I mean, let's, like, come on here. Um, How I feel, Zach. Look, man, I mean, I understand to to your uh, point, Nick, that you said, like, his uh, his second stint at Florida was was in nowhere near as successful as his first stint. Certainly from a team perspective, but individually with his position, he had honestly similar success, if not more. When you think about the passing numbers that Kyle Trask put up in those receivers mm-hmm. versus what Tebow did as a quarterback in terms of his passing yards, I mean. Trash blew him away. So, uh, I mean, look, you at the end of the day, it, it's about what you did and, and who you put. For the first time in school history, the Gators had three, three wide receivers drafted since the draft moved to seven rounds. That was under Billy Gonzalez's watch. Uh, you know, obviously, we, everyone's made a big deal, and rightfully so, about what he did uh, with Kadarius Tony, and nobody is more vocal about that than Kadarius Tony. He is. Billy G's most vocal supporter on social media dating back to when he was at Florida. And even as recently as when he just won the Super Bowl, Um, you know, he, he, he basically told him on, on Twitter uh, that you created us with your infectious Mm. and inspiring mindset and us, he's talking about also Van Jefferson, who, by the way, back to back Super Bowl champions that he now has coached and has on his resume. So, 
you know, Van Jefferson was drafted. He was part of that, uh, you know, record-setting draft class that was also with Freddie Swain, Tyree Cleveland, uh, Josh Hammond, uh, obviously put up some numbers when he was uh, playing underneath uh, Billy. And then even, you know, a guy last this past season that, that had up great numbers for the Gators, Justin Shorter. He was – that was all Billy Gonzalez in terms of bringing him over from Penn State. His dad absolutely glowed about uh, Billy G. So I, I just I, – I don't understand some of the dislike from Florida fans for Billy Gonzalez. It makes zero sense to me. This dude was the wide receiver coach for Percy Harvin and Kadarius Toney. What are we talking about, folks? What are we talking about? There has not been a thousand yard season from a Florida receiver since 2002. Now let's get to some facts. Since 2002, they haven't had a thousand yard receiver. Since that year, they've had four guys who hit the 900 yard mark in a season Chad Jackson, Dallas Baker, Riley Cooper, Kadarius Tony. Guess who coached all four of those guys? Um, Kirk Callahan. Was not him. Okay. Also, uh, also, oh, oh, also, since 2002, there's only been four Florida receivers that caught a touchdown pass in four straight games: hmm. Baker, Percy Harvin, Tony, and Trevon Grimes. I wonder who coached those four guys. Uh, uh, and then you know, know, this is just a little cherry on top for Billy. <laughs> In addition to the back-to-back Super Bowl rings that he just coached uh, with Jefferson and Tony, uh, you guys maybe remember the story after uh, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl that I did, but the Gators have only had nine players in school history that have won a national title and a Super Bowl. Nine. Billy Gonzalez has coached four of them. Almost Dallas half. Baker, Deontay Thompson, Andre Codwell, and Percy Harvin. The dude's resume speaks for itself. Put some respect on Billy G's name. You have the floor, Nick. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to I mean, look at Baker that? getting emotional in this video, man. Like, I, I think Florida fans should be jumping for joy that this guy's coming back. Yeah. Um, I, I think sometimes the um sometimes people care the, too much about recruiting instead of results well yeah um and sometimes the minority is much louder than the majority um yeah. i think the majority of fans recognize the name recognize the the pedigree of players that he has developed recognize the resume and we're happy um and the clap emojis and, and the gator crocodile emojis, because I think Siri calls those crocodiles. Um, uh, Don't tell I anybody. Think, no, no, sorry. No. Um, I, I think those tweets get overlooked when someone's using all 240 characters in a tweet to complain about the receiver room last year, and that was Billy's fault and, and yada, yada. Um, I think it's a good hire um, if, if you – it, like for the points that I said in recruiting, like it's the and, and what you said, it starts at the top. And I think the emphasis put on recruiting from the last two Florida coaches is vastly different. And if your yeah. boss is demanding you reach this, 
versus only reaching this. Like, hey, man, it's easy to get here. But if I want to keep my job, this is what I'm expected to meet. Then uh, I, I think you'll see a different kind of recruiting. This is the guy who was Urban Meyer's recruiting coordinator. And who was it that hyped up Jamarcus Weston? No, no disrespect to Jamarcus, but who Dan. was the, it? Was Dan, folks? Um, well, shout out to um, Orange and Blue Gator on Twitter. Oh that, yes! Uh, that, oh, that video <laughs> that was had the best me. tweet video had me dying it's a guy who sounds like he's from new york and there's like a cat inside of a store and it was like when billy gonzalez sees jamarcus weston in the safety room and it's like i'm gonna get you out of there you don't belong in there because weston's a guy that that billy recruited uh i thought that was funny uh or dan recruited or dan recruited one of the two uh but that's we had me rolling yesterday um but i think it's a good hire um you've got some guys uh, I'm over here breaking all my rules, Zach. I don't like to hype up freshmen um, because you, you hype freshmen up in the spring and then they get three catches and it's, oh, you lied. Um, my dog, Andy Jean, he is a dog. Going to be a player. Can't wait to see what Billy Gonzalez can do with a guy who I think is a mix of Van Jefferson and Antonio Callaway. Um, yeah, and, and break, so for, break, breaking my hype rules there, Zach. Breaking my hype rules. Well, listen for all the Florida fans that are worried that for some reason, if Billy's the Billy Gonzalez is the wide receivers coach now, that they're not going to have speed at the position. Uh, awesome. Aiden Mizell says hello, folks. <laughs> Fastest guy yeah. on the team right now. Right now. Fastest guy on the team right now. Aiden Mizell. Um, you don't think it's Cam Jackson? Although Cam Jackson might be one of the best defenders on the team from one of the sources we talked to this week, Nick. Um, one of our little intel pieces in there. What's up, Florida fans? Wanted to encourage all of you to go check out RogueShop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety and stress. RogueShop sells CBD, THC, edibles, smokables, and vapes, as well as handcrafted bath salts, soaps, candles, massage oils, pain creams, and topicals. Rogue Shop is a true small business, disabled, veteran-owned, black-owned, woman-owned company. They have five employees and make all of their products with their own cannabis grown in their manufacturing facility. Visit rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. But, um... Look, I, I, I just just to wrap up on Billy, I just I found the the reaction to the hire interesting to say the least. And but to me, as I wrote um, in the analysis piece, you know, when you're trying to assess how well a coach does his or her job, the best source is their players. That I mean, players are not going to go cap on social media for a coach that they don't love that didn't do right by them. So you're not going to have player after player after player after player continuously go out of their way to call this guy the best wide receiver coach in the country. Um, so I think that obviously we we mentioned Kadarius Tony and how outspoken that he's been about him. That dates back to his and, and, and 2000. You know, Kadarius, Kadarius Tony's not going to cap for a no. coach. Uh, if you watch his exit from New York – you know he's going to speak his mind. Yeah, he's going to speak his mind, and he's not going to, you know, he's not going to show anybody fake love. And you can tell that what he has 
for Billy Gonzalez is genuine. He showed it throughout the 2020 season. He talked about it when his career came to an end at Florida. He talked about it at Pro Day. And he's continued to talk about it uh, on social media every time that those guys interact. Uh, but it's not just Tony. Van Jefferson has called him the best wide receiver coach in the country. I mentioned the video from Dallas Baker. For folks that didn't see that back in uh, 2019, uh, Dallas Baker, the touchdown maker, came and spoke to the Florida football team after a spring practice and basically in the middle of a speech addressed the receivers and said how jealous he was of them because Billy's coaching them now. And he started to talk about how when he lost his grandmother, hadn't heard from Billy G in a while. Um, and then he was, you know, one of the first people to call, kind of got him out of a dark place. And then he just broke down crying in front of the football team and uh, kind of had an emotional moment with Billy. Um, and, you know, you see something like that and you get why these guys care about this guy so much. You know, Josh Hammond, Nick, he reacted to your breaking news, called him the best wide receiver coach in the country, Trevon Grimes. Um, and then I even came across a video from uh, Freddie Swain when he was going through his draft process where he uh, basically talked about how, uh, you know, he asked Billy Gonzalez why he was still a wide receivers coach because he'd been in the, the game for so long and asked him why he was in the NFL. And he said that Billy G told him, I've had opportunities to go coach in the league, uh, but my favorite thing about this job is helping guys become men, young guys become men, and being part of that, you know, maturity and growth process with them. And that was something that Freddie kind of really appreciated with their relationship. So, again, I just um, – Billy did, and I, that is Billy Napier, did his due diligence here, Nick. Um, he made sure that he considered a ton of candidates. That included uh, David Decker, uh, who's who's been working with the wide receivers uh, this spring. Uh, and then he also had some other candidates that they interviewed, some that you saw on campus, Nick. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he had to go for what he felt like was the best hire. And, um you know, it's it, it's really when you look at Billy and his track record, and it's not just at Florida, it's at LSU. He's been at Mississippi State. I mean, this dude coached Odell Beckham as well. Um, I don't know all the list of candidates that Napier interviewed for this job, but Lengthy. I would I, I would imagine I think it was at least a dozen from what I've been told. But it, yeah, I, I can't imagine that many had a better resume than Billy Gonzalez. No, if it just no. on and paper. And and for a for a minute, um, I thought uh, you know, it's I felt like Adam Schefter, like I'm getting text messages about, about stuff there while you're talking. But for a minute, I felt like man, it might be great for David Decker to like get promoted. I was like, but the fans will not be happy. And and but I think it was a great opportunity for Decker for those first two weeks um, to lead a room. Uh, I yeah. think he's only 26, 25 to 27 years old, young guy. Um, great experience for him. I don't think, and listen, I'll say this and then I'll, uh, and then I'll rebut it, but Florida is not a place where you learn um, as a position coach. And it's been used like that. Uh, Jim McElwain was really learning how to be a head coach. Will Muschamp was learning how to be a head coach. Chris Florida's, not a, Florida's not a place where you learn how to be a coach. You will get eaten alive. And, and those guys were. Um, so I, at some point I was like, man, he's going to just give this job to Decker. 
and I don't know that Decker's ready for for this Florida Twitter smoke. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it was a great opportunity for Decker um, to get that oppor- to get that chance, and now a great opportunity for him to stay on staff and and learn from Billy Goat, the Billy yeah. Goat of wide receivers. So um, had a lot of respect for the way that Decker handled it, um, way that he handled himself. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a good room with him and Billy Gonzalez kind of molding and shaping the talent that they have. And listen, I said last year, this time, this is the worst wide receiver room I've ever covered at Florida. And I've covered some bad ones. Um, and I didn't think they were great last year. I think I love Aiden Mizell. And I love Andy Jean coming into that room. Um, love Ricky Pearsall. And Got Wilson to coming too. Eugene Wilson's a dude. Um, so I, I feel much better about the receiver room than I did this time last year. And I feel even better with Billy, uh, with Billy Gonzalez. I almost did it again, but Billy Gonzalez <laughs> coming in. Might have to start calling Billy Napier, Bill. William Napier. Or just go Billy G. No, no. Billy G. No one's saying Billy N. <laughs> um, you know, one more thing that I I, I want to uh, touch on before we kind of give our takeaways uh, on these hires uh, that, that Billy's made this spring. Um, you know, I, I saw some people that mentioned, um, hey, why didn't Billy Gonzalez just get retained during the mm-hmm. coaching change? And... Um, <laughs> First of all, I'm not really sure how that went down. Um, you know, if it maybe Gonzalez had already kind of landed that job with FAU and didn't want to wait around to see whether or not he might or might not get retained. But uh, to me, I I don't think it reflects poorly, obviously, on Gonzalez and certainly not even on Napier. Like the guy that he ended up hiring for that spot is the guy that was under him at Alabama when he was the wide receivers coach and is a former NFL receiver in Kerry Colbert. So uh, he made perfect sense for that hire. And, of course, Billy Napier is going to go with somebody that he has history with and has worked with before, uh, if he can, over someone that he hasn't. And even if Billy is uh, Billy Gonzalez has a better resume or is you know makes a lot of sense in, in retaining, I think, obviously, Billy was going to hire as many guys as he had ties with and, and Kerry – made a lot of sense and he did a really good job for this for the for the season that he was here but now you get to bring Billy back and it'll be a pretty seamless transition. Yeah, um just me. This is not saying this is what Billy Napier did. Um if I were hired uh to coach a, a the Florida Gators, um I'm being hired cuz the last coaching staff was not was was not performing. All those coaches that got the head coach fired, y'all can get out because you're not you're not going to get me fired too. So I don't think it's anything against Billy Napier, but you're walking into a situation and, and you've got a bunch of guys who are hanging out and hanging around, and I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm not going to give you a chance to do this twice. So I'm going to yeah. bring in my own guys and, and, and go my own way. So I don't think it's an indictment uh, on Billy Gonzalez. And if anything, um, I think Kerry Colbert did a really good job. Um, Maybe Billy viewed that as an opportunity and a connection out West. Yeah. Um, Cause Colbert's a, a West coast guy and Hey, we've got a bunch of guys on staff that know Florida, know the Southeast and, and we'll be fine with that. Great. Point. Billy Gonzalez has a ton of recruiting prowess and, and history in Florida and in 
Georgia and in the Southeast. So maybe that was something different. And I think to go back to Billy Gonzalez so quickly kind of negates the, well, why didn't he keep him in the first place? Well, if he yeah. didn't, if he didn't like him that much in the first place, he wouldn't be here now. Yeah. It, it obviously didn't have anything to do with that. And I think obviously the timing worked out well for Carrie and Billy, just because there was a coaching change at Southern Cal Lincoln Riley comes there. Um, I think Carrie's looking for a landing spot and Billy just happens to get the job in Gainesville. So the timing worked out. Um, but I'll tell you what, Nick, as we give our takeaways here for this uh, coaching staff that Billy Napier has assembled, this segment is brought to you by Vitamin Energy, which is a powerful, naturally caffeinated energy shot that nourishes your body with vitamins, supports healthy weight loss, and boosts energy for seven hours. And listen, it is a full seven hours. So make sure that if you're taking this thing uh, in nighttime, that it's you're about to go out for, for an all-nighter or you're going to be up late. Seven plus hours, Zach. These things are coming with me to Nashville uh, for my <laughs> bachelor party. Uh, need them in the morning. Probably need them uh, a little pick-me-up at some point yeah. at about four or five o'clock in the afternoon as well. Yeah, it's it's been great. Obviously, uh, we really appreciate the sponsorship that we've had, as we've talked about on the show. Uh, you know, the boys, my boys, have basically uh, raided my supply. Um, <laughs> although, I, you know, I have some of the ones that uh, that I've been able to use for myself, and I really like the Focus one that they have. Obviously, as a rider, and sometimes when we need to burn the midnight oil, um, it's been very useful to have that. You don't have any jitters. There's no crash. Um, and I think obviously it helps that you got the uh, naturally caffeinated shot, you know, with the green tea extract. So definitely encourage folks uh, to go check it out at vitaminenergy.com. And, and they're uh, small, a easy to travel around with. Uh, I think these ones I have behind me, these immunity ones, uh, probably going to need those vitamins uh, for the uh, punishment that will put our body through during a bachelor party. Uh, so maybe a little energy in the morning and immunity at night uh, to help me. Uh, through the through the next day yeah and look i we we thought maybe billy napier was probably having to knock back some of these vitamin energy drinks uh as he was trying to figure out what he was going to do uh with his coaching staff situation and uh look the timing of this was not great right you're about a week sure. away from spring ball you lose your defensive coordinator um you lose your wide receivers coach you lose your tight ends coach um guys that have been with you that you have history with um, and, and now obviously the timing of this with spring ball getting ready to start, um, you know, you're not able to really go out and have a lot of candidates that you can pick from and, and have to interview. So I think Billy was in a really tough spot going into this, but, uh, considering the outcomes now and the results that we have, um, I think in some ways this this really worked out as well as it could have given the circumstances, right? Um, first of all, I, I think that it's clear um, with this that uh, Billy moves in silence, Nick, and um, you know he he was uh, very meticulous about how he went uh, in hiring these coaches um, and going about the interview process and and trying to get guys in place so that they could be here for spring practice. Now, obviously, um, it seemed like the Austin Armstrong hire was made and, and basically done before the Patrick Tony news was even out there, right? I mean, like, it got out that Tony was leaving, and it immediately 
Matt Zenitz reported at on three that uh, Armstrong was going to be coming over. Um, really weren't a lot of like obvious candidates out there for a tight ends coach. And we wondered kind of when that position might get filled and then just boom, one day Russ Callaway gets promoted. And um, I think that that was obviously clearly something that Billy had, had probably identified once he knew that Beagler was moving on, that that was a hire to make. And then as and really, about, and really, if you looked at if you looked at Gators online, we had only had two names out there. And one was yeah. Russ Calloway, um, and then the other was Ty Darlington, who was at Florida as a as a quality control uh, assistant working with Peeler and the tight ends. And and people were like, why isn't there a tight ends board? And I'm like, there is. It's 50 50. One of the two. <laughs> yeah. So one of these two. Well, and, and then they had a huge wide receiver coaching board, right? I mean, you had I mean, more than more than twelve more than twelve people interviewed. Yeah, I mean, you had guys on staff that potentially could have been promoted. You had former Gators out there, like I Killyard, Dallas Baker. Um, you had candidates that we knew of that had been looked at. Former Colorado wide receivers coach, and then seemingly out of left field, here comes Billy Gonzalez. Um, and I think that folks had maybe started to wonder, is Billy Napier even going to make a higher at receiver by the time, uh, you know, camp is, is, is done? Like, could he just go through all the spring ball and have Decker coaching that position, which I think he could have. Um, but it just there wasn't really any movement. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's he basically plucks uh, Billy away from Marshall as they're starting their spring ball. So, um I just think the way that he went about these hires, there weren't a lot of leaks, uh, you know, and again, he didn't have a lot of time to work with and a lot of parameters to work within. But I, I think all things considered, I mean, what is about two weeks ago, uh, he was looking for three coaches. And now two weeks later, the, his staff is complete. Very complete. And, and to me, um, I think Austin Armstrong, the players love him. Um, I mean, carrying him, <laughs> carrying him around. That princely Umi Ellen's uh, tweet had me dying, had me laughing. Um, a lot of energy. I think the biggest thing from talking to people who have been at practice is the different level of energy that Armstrong and Tony brought to practice. And and there's not saying that one's right or one's wrong. Tony was head down, uh, working with the safeties. And I think the benefit, which I thought was kind of weird to begin with, that why doesn't the defense coordinator have a position room? Um, you know, this will be my 11th season covering Florida, and they've always had a position room on top of being the defensive coordinator. Heck, Will Muschamp was the defensive coordinator, the head coach, and worked with the safeties. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Des Watson, and I think that's maybe Jalen Humphreys. I can't really tell. can't see the number. But shout out to Big Des. Uh, hey, not much you can do. If Des Watson wants to pick you up, there's not much uh, you can say about that. Um but I think the, the benefit of not having a position group is Austin Armstrong is able to kind of float around. He works with the safeties, touches the, the linebackers, is over by the defensive line. And I think that really gives you um, a, a complete picture as a defensive coordinator. You're not just solely focused on one position group, and, and you kind of get to see a little bit of everything at practice. So I think that's a big thing. I still – I'm going to be hesitant and, and to see what – he does in the SEC. Someone made an argument, well, he's going to need to 
pick it up because these are real SEC teams. And I'm like, yeah. He also like, he's like, this isn't the Sun Belt. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. He also doesn't have Sun Belt talent that he's yeah. coaching. So it's not apples to apples. If you're saying it's apples to apples, it's not. Um, I will be cautious because he's young um, and hasn't been on a stage like this. So there's going to be give and take, and you might have some growing pains. I I, I don't know. I, I like the hire as, as far. He certainly won the press conference. Who doesn't? Um, and then I think Russ Calloway, to me, and, and get your opinion on this too, Zach, what, how much coaching are you doing at tight ends? Like, was Tim Brewster one of the best tight end coaches because he got the most out of his players? Like, did he make Antonio Gates Antonio Gates? Certainly not. Did he make Kyle Pitts Kyle Pitts? Certainly not. Tim Brewster was a savage on the recruiting trail. And I think that's what you need at a tight end position. Um, my biggest thing for Russ Calloway is what can you do, whether it's getting guys into your room or just getting guys into other rooms. You need to be, if you're the tight end coach, I think you need to be a dog on the recruiting trail. That's what I want to see from Russ. In the 15 minutes that we're out there, the tight ends are ha- or spend half their time with the offensive line. Uh, and working on, on blocking drills to build that chemistry. So pass them off. Make sure you well, – during that segment, talk to the, recruit, the recruits that are on the field. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, I, I think for, for Russ Calloway, you know, you, you look at his 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 background and, and, and the work that he's done as a coach a specifically. Yeah, and, but, but on the offensive side of the ball, like he's been an offensive coordinator, obviously um, – you know, he he's coached receivers. He's coached quarterbacks. He was a quarterback himself. So I think, you know, naturally being able to transition to that tight end position is, is going to be pretty seamless for him. He's already probably had some some work there. But uh, to your point, Nick, that is that is a spot where um, there is maybe more of an emphasis on recruiting than than other position coaches. And I, I think that certainly his personality and, and the fact that he is a younger guy. Um, it should bode bode well for that. I think he's uh, maybe will do, you know, a, a, a little bit even better of a job than William Peekler in that respect. Um, but you know, one thing that I I, I really think that uh, was fortunate for Billy Napier with these hires is um, the continuity that he's been able to keep uh, with these coaches because you know. Obviously, when you're putting together a staff and when you're trying to go out there and, uh, you know, when you want guys that have been in the trenches with you that either you've worked with before, people on your staff have worked with before, or at the very least, guys that either know your system and, and kind of know, uh, came up under the same coaching tree, or maybe they've worked at the school before and so that they have some history there, right? Um, but by losing Patrick Tony, by losing Kerry Colbert, by losing William Piegler, Billy lost some guys that knew him, knew his program, knew his system, knew his expectations. And so not just the timing of this was tough, but I think the value that those guys brought in their familiarity with Napier's program. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
price, price line. And you weren't necessarily just going to go out and easily find that and replace that. And I think if you would have lost some of that familiarity, um, it could have had an impact and, you know, could have taken away from what you previously had as a staff. So the fact that with each of the three coaches, he's able to, to get some semblance of that, right? You promote Russ Calloway from within. So he's been within your program for the first season. He's also worked with uh, guys on your staff before at, uh, you know, at, within the New York Giants. He was there with uh, Spencer and, and uh, Rob Sale. He was also at Alabama, was also at LSU. So he's been in this system. He understands the language and the terminology and all that. And then obviously he's been within the program. So you promote him. You put a guy there now coaching the tight ends that the players know, that they've seen, that they're familiar with. He's going to be able to coach and kind of speak the same language on offense. So you get that in Callaway. Um, you you know go over to uh, the defensive side of the ball and you you know bring Austin Armstrong over, who obviously has not coached with you at Florida, has not worked with these players, but he came up under Patrick Tony and he came up under Billy Napier at Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So he knows that defense. We've already heard from the players basically this week that it's basically the same scheme. He's kind of putting his spin on it. But um, as Jason Marshall said, it's like we're all basically fluent in the same language. We're not having to learn basically a whole bunch of new terminology. So no, there's yeah, that. They, they don't need Rosetta Stone, Zach. No, Barely. they don't. <clears throat> no, they don't. They, I mean, they. This is this is kind of a honestly, you kind of lucked into this. Uh, in, in many ways, so you get that familiarity, and then last but not least, you hire Billy Gonzalez, who was just here a year ago and has worked with the majority in this room already, and obviously knows Florida probably better than anybody on the staff, save for Mike Peterson. So, when you look at it from that standpoint, um, I think Billy checks some boxes there that I think is going to be beneficial for him especially given the circumstances of these coaching changes and the timing of it. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I really like the Billy G hire. Um, I like cautiously optimistic about Armstrong and, and you know, like, like I said with Russ, like show me something on the recruiting trail. Not that, not that he hasn't or can't, but I'm waiting to see it. Um, He'll have this to. Is a, yeah. This is a huge time for like, for getting guys on campus and Corey Bender has been all over uh, Corey Bender and Donovan Kaiser. Shout out to, to Don three corporate Don corporate Don shout out. Yo, um, yeah, he's stepping up for you this week, Nick. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm out of town. Uh, you know, I, you only hopefully get one bachelor party. Uh, so I'm doing mine this <laughs> weekend. So I'm, I'm missing the Alabama series and uh, corporate Don up in the press box. Cause Zach, you're not allowed. I, I was, I, I, I've been, been from the press box. I've been bombarded with with messages all week because i've been telling people on the message board hey i'm not going to be at the series or like zach can't and i'm like don't <laughs> worry zach won't be I've, I've made other arrangements zach will not be uh infecting or we're a very superstitious bunch as baseball fans zach and, and the game I, fans didn't appreciate you losing two games in the press box last year they didn't they didn't and uh, i actually haven't even made it out to a game yet so i was gonna go that's why that's why they're doing so well number five in the country <laughs> i keep you away I hey, I was there for the walk off as a spectator, so I can be. We've established that I can be uh, in the stands, just not in the in the box. I so think people are still um, hesitant about that. Well, look, <laughs> uh, 
to be honest, I think um, there's going to be some folks that are hesitant about this Austin Armstrong hire. Um, we got to meet with him for the first time this past week. Um, obviously, he's now going through spring ball. He's going through install. He's learning these players. He's kind of you know, picking up on strengths and weaknesses. And um, we got to hear from him for the first time about his background, about kind of what led him to Gainesville. And um, it's funny, Nick, when you close your eyes, if you if you close your eyes and listen to the guy, he almost sounds like a young Kirby Smart, um, just in his mannerisms and his and you know kind of how he talks about defense. Um, he even had he even had one thing that he said. Um, he goes, "There's also such a thing as bad experience," and the, <laughs> and the way that he said it was like straight Kirby. Um, but but obviously, uh, look, Billy's gone young once again. Twenty nine year old DC, he has made it clear that he's got no problem hiring young corner coordinators, and uh, that's because he himself was a young coordinator um, at Clemson when he was the OC there at twenty nine years old. Um, so this is nothing new for him. Uh, I think that he obviously feels like if a, if a coach is qualified. If he's uh, if he's a if he's a good X's and O's play caller, if he's put in the work and he's come up under the right coaching tree, and he's got some experience, that um, hey, I'm going to give this guy a job that he's earned, and that's where we stand right now with Austin Armstrong. Uh, you know, Billy sees a guy that he, you know, first met as a you know graduate assistant, you know, who wanted to basically be uh, you know the next Nick Saban. He's, I mean, he said to us this week. Nick Saban was his hero. You know, grew up an hour away in Tuscaloosa or from Tuscaloosa, rather. He decided when he was 10 years old that he wants to be a coach. And uh, then he gets fortunate enough to be at Louisiana. Billy gets hired, and now he gets exposed to Saban's coaching tree. Um, he makes those connections. And then when he's done as a GA, he's got to find a job. And Billy sends him to Kirby Smart. Okay, you want to be a defensive coach? Go learn from the best. And he spends a year at Georgia um, as an analyst. And then he comes back to Louisiana now as a linebackers coach. And he's working alongside Patrick Tony, who was the outside linebackers coach and the D.C., a young one at that. So those two guys are right there basically working with the same positions. And um, obviously he gets the opportunity to go and actually call plays on his own at Southern Miss for the past two years, was the youngest defensive coordinator in the FBS and then gets the opportunity of a lifetime to go home. And his dream comes true. And he gets to work for the Nick Saban. And then right when he's about to close on his house, Billy Napier calls and uh, throws a wrench into those plans. And uh, my man wasn't even in Tuscaloosa for a month, Nick. And I, uh, think, I think Austin Armstrong was nice. Um said that he said he did want to keep the conversation with him and Nick uh, private, uh, but that Nick was very understanding and very supportive. He said I he was phenomenal. Think, he I said he was phenomenal. I call, I call Cap. I call <laughs> Cap. Nick Saban offers you a job, and you're there for eight days, and you go, hey, Nick, peace out. I don't think that was a phenomenal conversation. I don't think Nick was happy about it. I don't think so. And, 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 uh, you know, I think Nick Saban made that face. <laughs> if you even, <laughs> if you even look at, uh, at 
that comment that Armstrong gave, and he said that he didn't want to divulge too much of that discussion. But he he did say that uh, Nick gave him some good advice, a lot of advice, and some pros and cons. So, you know, definitely sounds like he tried to talk him into staying at Alabama. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, Armstrong said it was a privilege to be there. Um, you know, he's basically his defensive system derives from the scheme that Saban and Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick created 30 years ago with the Browns. So this is something that uh, – look, I, I don't think that he easily walked away from this job. As, as Even though it was obviously a step up, you're – going from a position coach to D.C., you're making more money. Um, and as he talked about, uh, he went from being at Southern Miss where he was the D.C. and called all the shots and he worked for an offensive-minded head coach to now he's at Alabama and he's got to shut up. And Saban's running the show and he's working under Kevin Steele and he's basically doesn't have the say-so that he did. So in a lot of ways, I think that, he was probably happy for, about this Florida job, but I don't think that it was just, um, it, you know, it, it was probably tough for him to tell Saban no, you know, put it like that. But uh, at the end of the day, I think Billy is probably banking on the fact that this is the next protege from this coaching tree, right? That this is the next guy that came up under smart, that came up under, Saban that came up under this coaching tree in this defensive system and has learned from these guys that we're going to now groom um, and, ha- and and kind of have be our guy, have have him be what Kirby Smart became at Alabama for so many years before he became the uh, head coach at Georgia. I think that that's what Billy's hoping that Austin becomes. Yeah, and, and it's someone that he's worked with already. Um, I think certainly the familiarity that we've already talked about plays into it. Um, and, and, but Hey, I, I get, I also get the Gator fans, you know, uh, hesitation because this seems like a university of Florida is taking some risks on some young coaches, took a risk on Billy Donovan, crushed it, took a risk on a young Kevin O'Sullivan, crushed it, took risks on Will Muschamp, Muschamp, did not crush it. Uh, (laughs) so, you know, uh, took a risk on a young Mike White, didn't crush it. Um, so I get it. You got a young Todd Golden now too. Yep. Uh, to be determined. Right now he's N.I. Todd. So, uh, and shout out to the Gators basketball team who will be on the court tonight, uh, Wednesday. Um, at this point, you just have to, If I think if I'm a fan, I have to trust Billy Napier and, and trust his evaluation. The, the inaugural season did not go as planned, um, but you have to trust the evaluation of your head coach um, or you don't, and you can just be angry that, uh, you know, not gonna, not here to tell you how to feel. Yeah. But if you're trying to, uh, look on the bright side, say, Hey, the last defensive coordinator that this guy hired got snatched up by the NFL. Yeah. Also had a pretty terrible defense last year. He did, but how much of that was on him? Ah, who's to say? Yeah. Who, well, <laughs> us, <laughs> us, Nicholas. <laughs> The, Who's to the say? media, could have been, yeah, you know, is that what we're here for? And and uh, at, at, while we're on this topic, you know, Armstrong sticking up for his boy Patrick, who he said that he t- talks to, and he says that he would not have taken this job had he 
been able to speak to Patrick and basically get all the ins and outs of it and, and, and know what he was walking into. And basically Patrick gave him his blessing that this was a good situation for you. Um, so, I mean, I, I think when you, when you look at it from that standpoint, uh, obviously he's not, uh, I, I think personally just first time meeting him, hearing about him at practice, getting a sense for his personality, I think he's going to fit in pretty well here. And I think he might even fit in better than Patrick Tony. And I definitely think that he will maybe deal with some outside noise or pressure when things aren't going well. Uh, I think he's already Patrick fitting. Did. I think he's already fitting in better than Patrick Tony, just in terms of um, have had his reception among the players. And listen, it's not easy. We talked to Jaden Hill. Jaden Hill's, I think, going into his fourth year, third defensive coordinator. <clears throat> reminded me of uh, I wrote about it today. It reminded me of Andre Debose, my first year uh, covering Florida in 2013. I go and talk to Andre Debose at Media Day, and uh, I was like, "Hey, man, didn't expect." I, I, mean, I, bet, I guess an, an 18 year old Andre Debose didn't expect he'd be sitting here, and he just went off because I've had five position coaches in five years. I'm like, that's not great. That's not great. But college <laughs> football is a business, and I think Jaden Hill and some players learn that. The really hard way, uh, you know, Jaden Hill in four years has had three different defensive co or um, defensive coordinators. I think three different position coaches as well. Um, yeah. So it, uh, it it's tough, but it seems like the guys like him. And listen, this isn't, you know, 2004. If they don't like you, they can just dip. You got, you got, yeah. uh, you know, you got the transfer portal. You can leave. So there's no need to even lie to the media or lie on Facebook and say, yeah, I love this guy. Cause it's like, no, this guy stinks. I'm out of here. Well, so I, uh, so I do think they genuinely like him. Yeah. And, and obviously that's important, man, because uh, I, Nick, we covered some Florida players that did not like their defensive coordinator uh, when Todd Grantham was here and they were, they weren't shy about it. Uh, some even let it slip in press conferences. So I think that that's important to have that that player coach relationship and um i think that austin's going to be able to establish that pretty early just based on his personality and um look first meeting that's the uh, only time that we'll get to talk to him until fall camp um but, but again circling back to where we were on the takeaways i just think that um you know there's there's a lot of situations that Billy could have found himself in trying to bring in a coordinator and make a change at that spot right before spring ball. And to get a guy in Austin Armstrong that has worked with him, that is basically taking over the same scheme. Um, you know, he couldn't could have asked for it to go any better in a really tough situation. And um, now uh, at the end of the day, they got to get a good product on the field and they got to improve this unit. And, um, those two would be the first to tell you that. So switching gears here as uh, we wrap up this week's show, we also got to hear from Trevor Etienne for the first time since uh, he stepped foot on the University of Florida, had the all-SEC freshman season, and he is now back with the Gators uh, for his sophomore campaign, uh, looking to have one of the best running back duos in the country with Montreal Johnson, who we also have heard from uh, in spring, but it was good to hear from uh, Trevor, uh, Nick. It's always kind of a, I guess, a little bit of a treat for the reporters on the beat when we get to hear from freshmen for the first time, and uh, especially a guy like Trevor, who's just a stud his first year and 
he's got an interesting background given his relationship with his brother Travis and kind of their upbringing and you know having an NFL running back that he can talk to for advice and uh so it was just it was really cool to hear from Trevor but uh you know one of the things that I took away uh from his interview and hearing him say which I wrote about during the offseason you and I both heard which was that he was basically has established himself as like one of the leaders of this team. I mean, I don't think he'll be like one of the four team captains per se, uh, but he's up there, man. And like we've heard, I've now heard Billy say it. I've heard players say it. I've heard program sources say it. And um, Trevor basically admitted as much and talking to the media this past week saying, Hey man, I, you know, I got a uh, freshman and young guys coming up to me asking me how foundation phase is going to be. And, and how identity is going to be, and I'm like, bro, this is my first time doing this too. Yeah, um, like that little the, the little Uzi Vert clip. I don't know. I just got here. <laughs> Literally, uh, yeah. My man wasn't here in the spring last year, and uh, still had the freshman season that he did. So, um, I just I think it's clear to me that he is going to be um, one of the premier players of this team, and if they're going to have a successful year. This guy and his counterpart, Montreal, are going to have to go off. And um, I think that he's primed for it, and I think that they expect him to have it. You know, the first day of spring ball, Nick, when they showed up and they decided as a creative media department that we're going to pick a player to showcase for the first day of spring ball, they could have put the camera on a bunch of people walking into that facility and going into their locker. They picked Trevor Etienne. Uh, to kind of show him walking into the facility and kind of having his first day. So um, I think that guy's uh, in for a big year, Nick, in 2023. Yeah, I think just looking at what the Gators, what I think they need to be, I think they need to run the ball. Listen, I was pounding the desk last year. This team needed to run the ball 60% of the time. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they got close to that. I think they were close to that. You, you need to be at that again this year. Like the, the <laughs> strength of your team clearly is the two-headed monster of, of Trell and, and ETN. Um, you can add in Cam Carroll and add Trell and Webb into that. Somebody needs to catch some passes. I think they all need to be working on that. The, the running backs need to be more involved in the passing game, more so than just pass blocking. I think you need to get them involved catching the ball as well. But this is clearly your bread and butter. And this should be – a challenge in a challenge that the offensive line wants to accept. Like, Hey man, we are going to run the football. If you don't want to shove your face mask into a defensive lineman's chest and push him backwards, then you don't need to be on our starting five. I think Florida's identity needs to be mean. and needs to be running the football until you figure out what you have in Graham merch, Jack Miller, Max Brown, uh, or whoever they get in the portal when it opens up again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, before we move on, Nick, something needs to be addressed. Uh-oh. I can't remember 
who was, I want to say, I think it was Zachary Weiss put this out during spring practices this past week. It is time for a nickname for Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne. Mm. And we've got some options. Okay. There's a tweet that got put out. There's a whole quote tweet, quote tweet section, a whole reply section. Some of my favorites. You got the Bayou backfield. You got the Cajun combo. Mm. But what may mm. be the winner, TNT, Trell and Trevor. Um, I like TNT. No, that's a winner. That's like the, the Cajun combo. The Cajun combo. I'm like, ah, what is that? Like, that's like a two piece, two piece with a biscuit, um, three piece with a biscuit. I like TNT. TNT. So we, we might have to pass explosive. that along. Yeah, we might have to uh, pass that along to uh, Sean Kelly, so that you guys can hear that on a radio broadcast this season. Pass that along to the creative team. Gotta get some videos. Get. Yeah. I, t- I, I keep telling Jack Caglino, like, listen, man, I am a, I'm a NIL's a player's NIL dream. Jack Tani, put that on a damn T-shirt. I'm about to. When Gators Online is going to start selling it if you don't, Jack. <laughs> um, but TNT, that's, like a, it. that's a dynamite nickname, Zach. Woo! Here with the well, dad listen, uh, Here I with know the dad Florida jokes. fans – Florida fans will be hoping they see some fireworks on August 31st in uh, Salt Lake City. We have uh, learned the kickoff date for Florida's season opener at Utah. Scott Strickland has decided to get all the Florida fans riled up once again. It was all his doing. He pulled all the strings at the Pac-12 network, took over the offices, and uh, set this for a Thursday night, Nick. Uh, yeah, well, I also had somebody telling me uh, that it was Billy Napier dragging the program down when this contract oh, so, was signed. Oh, so it was Billy that made this. I think the contract was signed as Billy was like – the contract might have been signed when Billy was at Arizona State, like even before he got <laughs> to UL. So it was Billy's fault. Um, here's where Scott is involved. Scott signed the contract with it with the clause saying that the game could be moved to Thursday. And it's not necessarily Pac-12 Network. It's the Pac-12 TV contracts, which includes Pac-12 Network. Now, I think with this game being on a Thursday, I would expect it to go to Fox. I think Pac-12 biggest contract is with Fox and then ESPN is also involved. So, like, I don't expect this Thursday night, what I'm assuming is a primetime game. God forbid if they choose to start it at, like, 8 p.m., Mountain time, which is what <laughs> Utah is, and then it's a 10 p.m. Thursday kickoff. Florida fans might find Scott Strickland's address, um, if, if that's the case. But I think it'll be a Fox primetime or an ESPN primetime game. You're just missing out on too many viewers because, uh, listen, the Pac 12 network would love it. I don't think, I don't think Cox Cable here in Gainesville carries Pac 12 network. I've never seen it. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, but you get a bunch of people calling for sure. Get, get all of Gator Nation calling to make sure they have Pac-12 Network. Um, so Scott's knew that it was a possibility. Silver lining, you, you get to start fall camp two days earlier. <laughs> you get well, two days of extra practice for the fighting, whatever they are, McNeese Staters. Yeah. I just think it's important that we note and clarify that this was not his call. Um, right. 
for folks that think that that he was the driving force behind this. So he was um, not. Personally, as a reporter, Nick, hey. I'm fine with this. Hey. Thursday nighter, mm. come back on a Friday, be back sure. for all the football games opening weekend Saturday. Kick my feet up, watch some football on Saturday. I ain't mad. Not mad at it. I'm not mad, mad at, at it. And uh, I know that there is a group of 15 Florida football players who are not mad about their spring break right now because uh, mm-hmm. Gator Made has its second annual business break going down this week. Uh, last year, the players went to Atlanta for uh, spring break. This year, the Big Apple as they uh, take on New York City. A group of 15 Florida football players going with the GatorMade program for a total of uh, 12 corporate visits um, over seven days that they will spend in the city and um, trying to expose them to, obviously, uh, a whole other side of the world and uh, really get them outside of the sports realm. Uh, On uh, the first two days, they went to the NFL operations office then they went to LinkedIn. Um, and look, I, I, I don't know about you, Nick. I know some fans, when we write about GatorMade or we, we promote some of these stories, they're like, what is this? Or what are they doing? Or, or whatever the case may be. Personally, I think this stuff is cool. Um, I think that it makes it helps Florida stand out. It has something that they offer student athletes that other schools simply don't have to offer. And, you know, there may be many players that aren't interested in having experiences like this and doing stuff like this. Me personally, I would have loved to go and uh, do a study abroad program in Greece or uh, yeah. or, yeah, or go to New York or uh, some of these other spots that these guys have gotten to go. And look, as much as uh, this is not a topic of conversation, all these guys are not going to play in the NFL. So... They're going to have to figure out a career after football, and um, you know you're you're only exposed to what you get to see. And you know, for a lot of these guys, they will never get to go and get exposure like this. And a, a lot of college students don't get these type of opportunities and get to make these type of connections and network. So, um, look, kudos to Florida for for what they have going on. I think this is a cool program. Yeah, I agree, and, and I think. This is something that uh, <clears throat> that recruits will see, and, and these opportunities certainly when they're on their recruiting trip. One, they'll see it on social media, but two, um, it's a it's an entire department inside that has its own offices that set off to the side with Savannah Bailey, Kevin Camps works in there as well. Um, Katie Turner and Bree Wade are making sure that guys understand, and Savannah is making sure guys understand what the Gator Made program is, what it's for, and what it can do for you. Um, so this is not only benefiting – and I think first and foremost, it benefits the guys and benefits the players making connections and, and learning about um, all these businesses and things. Um, but it also is going to play in recruiting. Like, hey, look, guys are going to Greece. Guys are going to New York City. Shout out to my guy dead center in that picture, Jeremy Crawshaw. And the big <laughs> apple. Um, so I think it's a big thing for the players, but it also will help in recruiting. No doubt. So, um, Nick, I'm just happy that you got some help this week 
from Corporate Don so you can enjoy your uh, bachelor party. And uh, I don't have to step into the press box for baseball. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens, obviously, with the, the NIT tournament. If the uh, Gators are able to advance, obviously the Gators uh, start SEC play against Alabama this week. So make sure you guys stay tuned to Gators Online for that. We'll see what's up with the Florida football team when they get back for spring break and obviously uh, keep covering this trip as the Gators uh, have their Gators in Gotham uh, week with the uh, with the Gator Made program. So uh, appreciate everybody for listening this week. Congrats to Billy Gonzalez on his return to Gainesville. I'm sure we'll uh, have a chance to visit with him at some point as well. So we'll bring you some of that from uh, his interview uh, for Nick Del Torre. I'm Zach Albaverde. See you guys next week.